Earshot with Steve Martin. In this show, producer-composer Richard Newby reveals the secret production tricks hidden in his Radio 1 work. Smoothing it and then tuning it and then doubling it up. I use a lot of distortion, but very finely layered. South African agency boss Mariana O'Kelly on her award-winning radio campaign for LucasAid. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Probably the highlight of my entire career. I mean, I just loved it from the moment I saw it on a piece of paper. And Hayley Hayes is here to boost my ego uh, with some of your emails and tweets. You're so lovely about what we do here. It's all within Earshot, the radio production imaging and marketing podcast. Get ready for an assault on your ears because our guest today is best known for creating the high-intensity, crunched-up sound of the imaging you've probably heard on some hit music and urban radio stations. He calls himself an engineer, uh, but there is a lot more to his work than that. Hello, Richard Newby. Hello. Engineer is an interesting label. Rephase Engineers, your website. What, why did you pick Engineer? It came from a long time ago when I, was, I lived up in Scotland for about 10 years and I was doing some remixes for some dance remixes and stuff. I needed some sort of cool sounding pseudonym to go under instead of just the Richard Newby remix. So I was a broadcast engineer at the time. I thought, oh, I thought Rephase, Rephase Engineer. It sounded cool at the time. It became, <laughs> a, it became a pseudonym on, as, on, my P, on my PRS returns. So I thought, I might as well just keep using that. And do people hire you for your engineering abilities or is it a wider mix of casting, writing, directing skills too? I think as far as radio goes, it's the wider side of stuff. But I mean, I do get gigs doing location sound on film shoots where the engineering really comes in and, 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 and also yeah, other, other sorts of engineering gigs, sound and those sort of things. So I've got a bit of a background in that and recording live sessions and those sort of things. So I've got that. I th- but I think to be a good producer, you've got to know your tools anyway from an engineering point of view from how A to D works and all that kind of stuff if you don't really know that you're not going to manipulate audio as well as you could do without knowing how it's going to work so that's how it kind of goes for me really and how did you get into imaging Imaging, I fell into imaging. Um, I was studying music up in Glasgow, playing the trombone of all things, and um, I, the uh, Beat 106 was about to start. They needed an engineer, they needed someone cheap, as they do when they're starting off. Um, and so I did my final year of my degree whilst being their full-time chief engineer, and, but I was also helping out with the imaging because the producer at the time, um, between me and him, we built a lot of the launch audio and the first sort of, uh, the first package came from Wise Buddha, but we were filling the gaps. Um, and then he left, and I'd always wanted to be a producer anyway, because I was a musician, so I could do the engineering, but I would have rather have not been doing it. So, um, yeah, so then I took his job, did both for a while until they found an engineer and then and another engineer left and I did both again for a while. But I, the production was always where my passion was, but it was purely being in the right place at the right time, to be honest. But it was something that I took a shine to, so... And, and Richard, you're, you're freelance, so you're working on a, a huge variety uh, of different radio stations. How do you adapt your style to the style of those those radio stations that you're working with? Uh, that, that's often the, the difficult thing, but with when my previous job, I spent 17 years in, well, at Global, but in its various incarnations from Capital to GCAP, GWR and all that lot. So I was always working over multiple brands. There was one point where our department covered Classic FM, Heart, Gold and bits of XFM. So you were used to 
dropping in and out of it and totally having to massively adapt not just the language you're writing but the even lack of fx or lots of it and all that sort of thing so i've always just been able to swap in and out and but you do have to make sure you're paying attention to that demographic and make sure you at least know a little bit about their typical listener before you you know something that you just spend an hour listening to a station and you'll soon get what stuff needs to sound like to fit in but then it's also nice sometimes you can push and put a new little idea in from another another sort of demographic you work on and sort of cross influence i suppose if that's the right expression for it so and you must be working alongside producers who are totally immersed in their brand yeah you do as well and what now now as a freelancer yeah you're always kind of brought in so there's always someone there and i'm looking most of the teams i go and work for well in all of them in fact um it's a great environment you can just ask and say look what do you think of this am i doing this the right way because i mean ultimately they're so immersed in it they want it to be perfect anyway so you'll always get really good help so yeah well we're going to hear some of your audio now yeah. and we'll have another chat in just a moment what's the first piece of audio you brought along Richard? Uh, this was tough so I, um, I've done so much over the past sort of year and a half of being freelance but I think the, the stuff um, was a series of three trails I made for Radio 1 with their, they've got this whole new well it's not, not that new neon this where it begins strap line so we kind of wanted to extend that over the whole station so we had this sort of we would extend this where it begins to where music discovery begins where your weekend begins and where new music begins so there was uh, it was a series of three trails um, and probably one of the really good ones was the new music ones because uh, it was live lounge once at, at the time and I was grabbing the artists as they were coming out of the live lounge and asking them how, how radio wanted it, whether it had been a break for them and I was getting some really good audio that I could use in the thing is so if you don't mind I'll play all three because they kind of work as a package and we'll see let's be indulgent okay where music discovery begins. New music of all kinds. Let's do all the work, you don't have to. You just sit back and listen. Brand new and exclusive tracks. Metal mouth Metallica. Waiting for the damage. Where it begins. And this is the new music one. I'm oh, sorry. BBC Radio 1 Where new music begins It was an opportunity, I guess it helped me grow That's how music moves forward It was the first thing I did on Radio 1 This is where it began for me BBC Radio 1 Where it begins I can hear there's some harmonic mixing in there. You've yeah. got some original composition and and the script, clearly. How much of that is your work? But obviously, apart from the music by the artists, it's all me. Uh, the sound design, all the whizzes and bangs, the, the, this tuning, this really fine sort of micro-editing of the voice. Stuff. Typically, a lot of producers will notice the stuttering, but I, I really like doing that, but then smoothing it and then tuning it and then doubling it up. And there's, I use a lot of distortion, but very finely layered. So, um, yeah, there's a lot that in it but basically yeah well let's listen uh, to the third piece in this campaign with that in mind yeah this is uh where your weekend begins so this is the real beat matchy dancey sort of stuff so many brilliant tunes for a friday evening it's one of those special tunes
your show if you ask me. It begins. And for you as a producer, what is it you like about that campaign? Um, I do, the, the ability to work over the massive variety of stuff that's on Radio 1, from the rock show to Hugh Stevens doing his, his really new music, which is you find some real gems in there as well when you're, when you're trying to listen back to the show and find the track that you think is going to help or really show off that show. And then obviously the dance, you get to have the fun with that because you can really bounce around while you're making it. Most I think most producers like me absolutely love that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but they're just, just working over that massive range and knowing that, uh, particularly at the moment with the position the BBC are in and under question all the time being able to say look they do all this fantastic stuff stop questioning and let them let them get on with it because they're really good at it so that's that's and the also with the with the new music one where I was getting artists coming out the live lounge it's real I think there's only really sort of a, a radio one and two and the like where you could get that kind of content from from artists to actually make that and and working with those teams that was across the, the, the marketing team were quite heavily involved in that as well so it was nice to be spread out over all that sort of massive variety of everything and you talked about the live lounge and the artists there who have you been working with drop some names uh, well, there was there was Hosier, the, uh, obviously James Bay. I was grabbing them all as they came out, apart from the ones that were down at Maida Vale. Um, so, yeah, but it was literally, it's one of those things. I, I'm really bad at doing it. I'm always really nervous when you go up to them when you've got a little sheet of questions. Can you answer this for me, please? And I hate doing it. So um, it was, I would always end up going really shy. I, I, I'm I am more comfortable pointing a mic at, at someone than I am being behind it like I am now. But um, it's... Uh, yeah, so it was just a very quick thing. You didn't really get to spend much time with them. If you could find a studio, it was great. If you couldn't, you were stood in, the, in an airlock in between the studios with a portable. That's you know, it's, it's like that the, the world over, isn't it? So, and were they all prepared to do what you wanted? Yeah, they'd all been prepped, luckily. So it was a case of grabbing their manager or whoever was with them or the, the, the label fella, and and it was like no, it was on a schedule for them. I mean, they always forget about you. You're the, it seems to be the station sounds always the last on the list. But, but that's um, odd, that isn't it? Because usually the promos need to be on air first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to be honest the promo is really important as well and you're just like don't forget about me I've got I've, if I don't get this audio I'm screwed so but it, but no my, they were all really willing particularly James Bay he was fantastic and Hosier was as well that some of the stuff that he said has given us content to use in promos months down the line that will be really fantastic so yeah and let's talk a little bit about technology what's your preferred setup I'm a Pro Tools user mainly I do use Logic Audio for a lot of composition, but I tend to, lately, because I was taught both at university, um, but I tend to have stayed towards Pro Tools mainly because it is, I find it better on the audio front for man- manipulation. Um, but yeah, but Pro, Pro, Pro Tools through and through on, on a Mac for me. I have a laptop for when I'm on the road. I've got a Mac Pro at home in my full studio at home, um, which is actually now performing not as good as my laptops, just such as technology moves on. Yeah, with uh, and I use mainly mainly waves and native instruments and sound toys, and plus a few of the built-in stuff that you get with Pro Tools. Well, that's that's my pretty much exclusive setup really. I couldn't live without that. And do you work with templates or are you starting from scratch every time with a new um, session? I, I have templates for various different sort of setups. For the moment, I'm doing some work for Celador and I have templates that they've already got set up for them, which makes sense. There's no point me trying to reinvent their processing for them and it'll just stick out like a sore thumb. Um, when we were back at Capital, we had a, we had a very... De- definite template and I have sort of templates for Radio 1 and Radio 2 that I've set up myself they're a lot more free with, with what they let me do which is really good um, but a lot of the time I do actually find depending on the project I start from scratch because sometimes you just need to 
take that fresh approach and go, I'm not going to use my normal processing, I'm not going to use that normal trick. You kind of need to push yourself that way just by starting with a blank canvas. So. And just uh, let us into a little bit of the secret stuff that's going on on the, the voiceovers on the Radio 1 promos we heard there. What, what's your processor chain on those the guys? The processor chain, I usually start with a bit of a... On, on this harder stuff like Radio 1 and if it was a CHR type style, I usually start with a limiter, then I DS, and then I'll EQ, and then I'll try something fancy, maybe something fancy again if it's needed and then I'll compress and then I'll bus everything to either for, I'll have buses for reverbs a, a reverb and a couple of different delays at different different sort of settings um, but a lot of it I sometimes quite end up um, actually just processing an audio suite if I've totally messed with something like uh <coughs> So that's just the C of BBC. But I've stuttered that, and, and to save me a lot of hassle, I'll glue it back together, and then I'll maybe process that with something in the audio suite to give it a bit of an edge, maybe a distortion, or even just a, some light EQ. And then, because I know that I know that I'm going to have that and have it set, and I'm not really going to want to do anything else with it after that point. So yeah, that's gem. So I, I, I am a, obviously plugins are fantastic, but I try and keep them as light as possible where I can. Just for, but that's because I'm a portable setup as well. So, what else are we going to hear? What else have you got? Oh, decisions, decisions. Hang on. There's an Iggy Pop trailer I did for Six Music that's a bit more trippy and out there. So we'll give that one a go. Okay, my name is Iggy Pop. Ah! This is the confidential show. Hey, boy, that's tight and just cool groove. I'm going to play music. Allows everybody to uh, have a psychic peak. Plug your ears. The show is confidential. You've been participating in an experiment in intercontinental relations. Iggy Confidential. That's beautiful music. Friday night from 7 on BBC Radio 6 Music. You do feel as if you're just being drawn into his crazy world. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, that sometimes you get, it'll be like, right, you need, we need some Ekaniggy promo. And it's like, well, he's not available because he's come in and pre recorded a whole batch of shows. So you know, they're not going to see him for six months. So you're literally just going through all these dry links from all his old shows, listening to his craziness and trying to think what you can make of it. But that actually ends up pushing you creatively. And again, the, working with that kind of variety of music is fantastic sometimes. You also, it leads to your discovering some brands you probably haven't found before yourself but then when you come to putting the whole piece together it gives you so many options for transitioning between the two and really making it stand out so yeah that's what I liked about that and obviously Iggy's craziness he's just mental so and it seems to be part of the six music sound that there is a bit of poetry in the imaging and the production yeah I really like what Nathan does with six music to be honest and some of the trails he makes and the sort of creative idea behind them it, I think it's just, it's just absolutely perfect for his station there was things there was a trade he did for a uh, public service broadcasting playlist and you've got the public service guy doing like this uh, you're, you're listening to a BBC broadcast and things like that but, but he, the way he'd completely made this whole package out of it for this trail just it was just amazing some of his ideas are great Nathan's brilliant but it would be wrong to suggest that you're only working on the way out and the hard and intensive sounds because you've also done imaging for chill 
Oh yeah, my chill stuff. Yeah, that was I because chill's one of my favourite stations. I used to have it on all the time. If when I was cooking, chill on in the background. Sunday afternoon, eating my roast, chilling in the background. You name it, and it was perfect. I'd even just completely Shazam tracks off it all the time. So when it came up, they needed they needed to refresh the imaging on it. So I stuck my hand up, was like, yes, I work because I was working at Global at the time. Yes, I'll definitely do that. And um, it was it was great just to 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 write all the custom little chilled tracks. He's Derricka North as the voice because she's a good friend of mine, but she was also perfect for it as well. Um, so uh, yeah, and I, I love doing that, especially the composing and then turning those into top of hours. It really was nice just to write twenty. I think it was twenty-five little little ten to twenty-second tracks. It was right up my street. Really loved that. And I wanted to ask you about working with Grimmy because you've done some production for him. Yeah, I have. I've got a bit on there actually. I could play you. I'd, I'd never actually spoken to the guy, <laughs> <laughs> as is always a lot, lot of the case, a lot of the time. Um, you you get locked in a soundproof box and get on with stuff. You talk to their producers if you want lines, blah blah blah. I mean, I, may, I when I'm generally when I'm at Radio One, I'll be making the weekly breakfast promo. I actually made the donut they currently use for it, and they just slot the clips in. Um, but that's a big responsibility for you, isn't? it helping to create the sound of a show that is so much in the spotlight yeah exactly yeah but but and and over time they've got better at giving you the better clips but obviously sometimes you know what the producer of the show thinks was the best clip doesn't chop down into a 20 second donut so you're quite often going back and going oh we maybe need something else so once they hear it in context they go oh no yeah have that bit so it does go through quite a few approval pairs of ears um but yes yeah, so, but it, but it is because it because it is one of the most important promos on on the station obviously pushing grimmy so yeah that is good but then the imaging i've got that i made for him was when he was doing his live shows from ibiza this year which was for the, for the 20th anniversary they'd been there and matt had gone with the idea that he'd had before because they'd rested they did used to have a spanish voice doing saying all the radio one stuff and they'd rested that for a while knowing that the 20th anniversary was coming up so yeah so i got to make some of the stuff well i got to make most of the stuff for the spanish guy actually so matt could focus on doing the big openers and all that sort of stuff I mean the Radio One Breakfast Show with Nick Grimshaw. That's short and sweet. Yeah, nice and short and sweet, because it was just, just, just supposed to be an ident part of the show, a bit of a joke about them being the straight-through crew, but then you've got the Spanish guy. I made him sound like he was on some naff little Spanish radio station, but then come through into nice, clear, big processing for when it was doing the Radio One stuff. So, yeah, and it's fun when you get to do that kind of stuff for breakfast. It's much better than just having to... Just oh, some more IDs with more music variety, or the today's greatest hits, and all that. You know that that can get really tiring for you as a producer. If you run one of those stations, don't put Richard. Yeah. If you run that today's greatest hit station, he's yeah. not interested. Not unless I can go mental with the processing. <laughs> ah, <okay>. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, let's hear uh, what's influenced you. Who who would you say are your great influences in the work you do? Um, well, I'll start this. I suppose one of my oldest influences that really influenced me in early on in my career was Ben Needle um, I haven't actually got any audio from it for the stuff that I wanted to talk about about him because it, it was actually on um, it was ages ago on some Brit Awards and he'd done all these beat matched videos when it was the nominations are and all the nominees were perfectly overlapped beat matched it was beautiful and I, and I just went I want to be like that and also 
uh, is influenced me a lot in the sound design and imaging effects I, I, I make myself as well because I'm obviously he's done so much big stuff for a lot of stations that you can't help but not have heard it and uh, he's almost like Jeff Thomas in that sort of sort of way so yeah so Ben Needle's right up there he always has been well I've never met him like, all, all of my friends know him and I've never met the guy so maybe one day we will and Ben's website is Noise Fusion so look that one up yeah definitely look that one up um, and Matt Fisher at Radio 1 but um, the, the audio will play insert audio here uh, is uh, the audio will play is uh, is it was for Radio 1's big weekend he did this humongous mashup of all the artists that, that had been announced for it but it was it wasn't just in the mashup as in just getting DJ Earworm to go along and, and beat match all the stuff together he'd as artists were coming in he was getting them because there was he obviously needed rock in there he had dance in there he had Taylor Swift you name it but because all these guys are coming in and out the doors at Radio 1 he could get them to re-sing certain bits at the right tempo in the right pitch because sometimes they were just too far off to use your pitch shifting and stuff on them and so the way he went about the whole building the whole thing was just brilliant and again not that I don't want to seem like I'm massively pro BBC but it is the kind of thing that the BBC do really well and fantastically so and Matt is great at coming up with those kind of ideas as well so well we're going to hear that now and if you go to earshotcreative.com and look at our write-up from the Imaging Days conference in yeah. Harlem then you will see uh, some screenshots there uh, from Matt's Pro Tools it really is a crazy looking session yeah. let's hear it now Giggle at a funeral yeah. Knows everybody's disapproval Should've worshipped her sooner Let's light it up, let's light it up Until our hearts catch fire
let me look in your eyes Yeah My house in Budapest, my, my hidden treasure chest Some of Matt Fisher's uh, greatest work, and there's a video that goes with that too. Yeah, the video is amazing, really is. It's worth watching it. It's just, it's definitely on YouTube, and he loves it. The more hits it gets, it, he, um, he, we like to wind him up about. Um, what are you talking about the mashup again, Matt? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> final question from me, Richard. If somebody wants to hire you, what is the kind of brief that you can really respond to? Great briefs don't come by very often. Most of them have got very few, very little information on them. Um, what is it? For, uh, come in Monday morning. We're desperate for someone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or quick, can you bodge this together? Um, no, um, I mean a, a good brief for me obviously has just as much information as possible without taking away too much of the creativity so you can it depends whether they want you to really do your thing on it or not or whether they want something very specific it for me it's nice to be able to to, to be given that freedom just go we want you to do your thing so that's great but there's all but also that means there can sometimes be a lot of back and forth um when you don't inevitably make because yeah, a lot of the time it's oh i'll know what i want when i hear it and then that's when you could be uh, going around in circles for a while. But no, it's a difficult question, really, because briefs are funny. You know, like I say, you don't want the creativity taken out, but you want to get it right. So it's, it's, t- it's a tough question. No, I don't really know how to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, it's great talking to you. Um, what's Thank your you. website? Uh, Refaseengineer.com. Um, everything, all my information's on there. You get, you'll get hold of me if yeah, you do so desire. Thank you, Richard Newby. This is Earshot, I'm Steve Martin, and you've been writing nice things about the podcast and our coverage of the Imaging Days event. We'll find out exactly how nice in just a moment when Hayley Hayes joins us. First, though, to South Africa, where radio is central to just about any media plan and where Ogilvy is the largest ad agency. Mariana O'Kelly is Executive Creative Director there, and before we hear her award-winning ad for LucasAid, I ask her to share the advice she gives her clients about using radio. Try and sell less and emote more. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of stuff out there. And I think a lot of times clients want to push so much information to the viewer. It's like when people buy your story, they will buy your product. They won't buy your product because you tell them to. You recently won the Cannes Lion Radio Award. That must be hugely exciting for you. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Probably the highlight of my entire career. But it was an amazing team effort and a client who trusted us. It was a process that took almost six months. Tell me about the client and the brief for that campaign. Well, the, the LucasAid is the Powerade of energy drinks. 
And because we are up against a market where there's a lot of energy drinks saying exactly the same thing, we want it to be different. So we said it's for everyday moments. Because if it's for everyday moments, you tap into a market bigger than just your sports market. Just step me through some of those practical steps uh, that you had to go through with you and your creative team before you were happy with the ad. So the first time we actually saw the script, I mean, I just loved it from the moment I saw it on a piece of paper. And sometimes in South Africa, we've got the notion to think that if we want to be world class, we have to look at the rest of the world. And I've learned a massive lesson to, lesson to go. The talent sits in your own country. Because at that stage, we auditioned for 40 voices in Europe and in America because we wanted to have that, you know, halftime motivational speech that we've seen in so many movies and references. But then at the end of the day, when they came back, we realized it was a voice over ISDN. You can't sit with them, you can't feel them, they can't see the passion in your eyes, they can't feel, you know, the story. So it didn't work at all, so we went back to a voiceover artist in South Africa, and he's a guy called James Alexander. So the guys gave him the script and he practiced it over a weekend. So he got into the voices, we gave him the right references, and when he got into studio, he just got it right. And I think what we need to do is we can't treat our voiceover artist as somebody that you, it's not an add-on, it's part of the process, the same way your client is part of the process. You should never divide creative from the client and from the brand and from the, the performance piece because it's, it's one integral team. And what feedback do you get from the radio stations that play the ads you make in South Africa? Do they ever push back and say, the sound of this ad doesn't fit my station, go away and make something else? No, we don't do, unfortunately, because they are obviously they're reliant on radio advertising to keep them alive because that's how they make their, you know, their revenue. So I wish there was a, a vanilla filter you know, that can keep out all the ordinary radio ads out there, but unfortunately there isn't. Well, Mariana, I'd love to play on the podcast the ad. May okay. we play that? Yeah, we can. Let's hear it now. It's 11 p.m. Joburg time. You come so far in this teleconference meeting. You pushed out every ounce of presentation breath, eked out every last drop of enthusiasm, presented under seven people in six countries. Suddenly dawns on you that the call was dropped ages ago, maybe somewhere around slide 457. And so for the second time today, you thrust out one more hour of pitching and parry through points and punchlines. And now you've just hit the thank you slide. And Sanjay from Malaysia, the only one who matters and has signing off power, dials in and says, Hey guys, what did I miss? Now you got a problem. I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to scroll back to slide one. And you are going to do the presentation again with Lucasay, with energy. Yes, absolutely. If you spend any time in international conference calls, you'll know it's all true. There's a couple of other executions in the campaign, all featuring situations where you'll thrive on a bit of extra energy. And you know the 60-second spot there, that feels like time well spent because it is such a pleasure to listen to. The ad makes an effort to entertain and the sell is a natural consequence of that entertainment. If you've made a great ad or you find yourself playing one on the air, do let me know and I'll share it within the Earshot podcast. Hayley Hayes is here. Uh, you're here, Hayley, with the Earshot mailbag. I am. Very exciting stuff. Hayley's new to the show, a kind of fawn in our herd, and there's plenty of fawning in the fan mail. 
Yeah, you're a very lucky person today. So we've got the first one from Rahul. Um, he says, just emailing you to say thanks for your great effort on covering the whole event. For people who like me who could not be present the imaging days, it's been like really being there. Thanks again, and I encourage you to repeat it again if possible next year. And of course, to go on with your blog and podcast. They're both fantastic. Yeah, heads are swelling here. Um, also, we've heard from Jeff as well, Jeff Barton. Steve, just to say, as an unreformed jingle fan, I really like what you do on the Earshot Creative Review podcast. You just ask the right question and have the infectious enthusiasm. I work in education. I'm a secondary head teacher, but I love radio. We love that. We're all on our best behaviour here, sir. Yes. <laughs> uh, always. Peter also says, I must stay in touch with you to encourage you. I really like your informative and thoroughly enjoyable Earshot podcast. I especially appreciate those shows which focus on the technical aspects of production, such as imaging and jingle production. The way you involve those who are at the sharp end and therefore are less prone to waffle adds weight. Uh, you have evidently prepare well and travel extensively to create these programmes. So thank you very much and keep up the great work. Marvellous. Thank you very much. If you want to drop us a line, uh, the email address is indecorousadulation at earshotcreative.com. That's indecorousadulation at earshotcreative.com. I'm Steve Martin. Research was by Hayley Hayes. And we both thank you for being within Earshot. Earshot with Steve Martin.